So good to be with you today. You look good. Come on. If you feel good, say amen real loud. Yep. Good to be together. Thank you for letting me uh, take the last couple of Sundays off. I was serving a group of pastors in Michigan, spoke there. Then I was up in Loveland. There's a young pastor that I'm helping up there. And then this past week, I was in East Texas helping a church there. But I just know when I'm gone that we have amazing pastors. Can we just thank the Lord for Daniel Grothy, Pastor Glenn Packiam, for the words they brought. I actually, when, I, when I'm away, I actually watch the service live if I can, and certainly on Monday morning, I'll pull it up and watch the whole thing, because I just, uh, someone asked me the other day, who do I listen to? Who are my influencers? Who are my favorite preachers? And I said, they're the guys that I work with, the people that I work with. That's who I listen to, and I love them. I think they're just fantastic communicators. And uh, so I do want to invite you to Wednesday night. First Wednesday is a special time for us as a church. And I know you think, well, it's just one more thing on my calendar, but I want you to treat it as a sacred time together as a church. And this is when we come together, it's unscripted, it's unhurried. We allow the Holy Spirit to move among us in a way that we can pray, we can intercede. If you're concerned about what's going on in the world, this is when we set aside a time to come together and pray for what we see going on in our world. And we lift up the name of Jesus together. So this Wednesday night is first Wednesday. And I want you to make that a priority on your calendar to be a part of that. All right, turn with me to Matthew chapter six. We're in a series on uh, the sermon the, uh, on the Lord's prayer. And it's found in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, it's in the geographic center, really, of the Sermon on the Mount. And I think it's because Jesus wanted to remind us that prayer is central to everything we do. And that's why I believe First Wednesdays are critical because prayer is the engine, prayer is the fuel, prayer is what causes the kingdom of God to come to the earth. And last week we talked, Pastor Daniel's message on the let your kingdom come, let your will be done. That only happens when the people of God are crying out in prayer, asking for him to come. It is the Lord, listen, the Lord doesn't need us, but he needs us. God doesn't really require our help, but he wants our help. And he wants us to participate in his work on the earth. And our first participation in the work of God on the earth is when we lift our voices in prayer. And today we're going to focus on this particular passage, give us today our daily bread, which is God's attempt to remind us that keto is not of the Lord. In fact, I want to remind you that keto is the Greek word for pass the bread, please. I've been working on that joke all week long, right? I need a, a little better response than that. I actually, when I'm scrolling through Instagram, looking at your keto recipes, I have a biscuit in my hand when I'm watching that, just to balance things out in my mind when I'm watching you. So I appreciate your, your diligence. And I know Coloradans, you don't mind me talking about politics, but you do not want me talking about your diet. I get that, all right? So I know I'm on very sacred ground right now. So I'm gonna back up before I do any more damage this morning, all right? <laughs> all right, Matthew chapter six. Let's read this out loud together. We've been doing this every week, reading the Lord's Prayer out loud together. And I think that's a good holy habit for us to get into. So let's read this together. Come on, lift your voices with me. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread. 
and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Say it real loud, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen, amen. I believe everything I just said out loud with you. I believe every word that I just prayed. And those words have been prayed for two centuries now. In fact, I was just uh, I was talking to a, a Vietnam veteran recently. He said there were guys who were crusty. There were guys who were, who were not godly. But when the bullets started flying, he said, I could hear in the foxholes all around me, let your will be done by our Father in heaven. There, there would be variations of the Lord's Prayer spilling out around him. Because listen, when, we, when our souls are troubled, when things are going wrong, we do know how to call upon the Lord. And this prayer has been our guide for 2,000 years. And so I want to start here today with this passage. I love how this particular part of the prayer says, give us, give us. And this is what church does for me. I don't know what happens for you when you're sitting in this building with me on Sundays, but when we start praying for one another, when we start praying together, I become acutely aware that, that my needs are greater than myself. Give us, prayer actually brings me into a sacred community. And don't ever forget this one, this is why the gathering of the church, and we, and we sure appreciate all of you that are watching online. We know there are people who are still sick today. We have some staff that have, uh, that have contracted COVID, and, and so we know the COVID thing is still swirling around our neighbors, and, and we know people are having to be cautious. We understand that. But there is something powerful about coming together and listening to one another pray. And we, when we say, give us, this prayer brings us into this sacred community with others, and we realize that we're not the only ones walking along the path. Give us. Lord, we, we're aware that we're not alone, that our needs are not, that we are, we're not the only ones crying out to God. And I just, this, all this week, I've just been dwelling on that. Give us. Lord, get our eyes off of ourselves. Get our eyes off of our, our individuality and help us, remind us, oh Lord, that we belong to a sacred community where a lot of people around us are praying these same prayers. Give us. And it says, give us today our daily bread. Now, when I was a little boy and when I, even as a, a young man, this, this was always bothersome to me. It just seemed redundant to me. Give us today our daily bread. Now, I, I don't know if you know this. You may, you may not be aware of this, and certainly by listening to me, it may not be apparent to you, but I was an English minor in college. Now, I've forgotten most of that, but I, I do have that in my resume, and I've always been bothered by this because it seemed redundant. In fact, I've always wanted to rewrite this portion of the prayer and say, give us bread today. Because that, to me, that seems more concise and a better understanding. But the Lord has helped me understand this prayer in a better way. Because I want you to, I want you to really understand this today. Today refers to when, and daily refers to an amount. This is why he says, give us today. That's, that's a timing issue. That is when we need it. And he says, give us our daily bread, which is an amount of bread. So today is when, 
and daily is an amount. So when you pray this prayer, I want you to remember this very carefully. God knows when we need things and he knows how much we need. And this is, this today I want your prayer life, I'm asking the Lord that your prayer life be ignited. Some of you have lost faith to pray. And I want to remind you of what Jesus said about faith. Jesus said you didn't need great faith to pray. In fact, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be moved into the sea, and the mountain can be moved into the sea. So the Lord doesn't need great people to pray great prayers. The Lord needs people who believe what he says to pray. And God, the Lord is okay with your weak faith. The Lord is okay with your timid faith. The Lord is okay with you coming timidly into his presence. But at some point, you, the timid will become bold. The weak will become strong. And this is the, what Jesus is inviting you into today. He says, listen, even when you feel like you're praying for something mundane and ordinary, there was nothing more mundane and nothing more ordinary than a piece of bread. It was the basic components of their diet. It was the basic part of their diet. And Jesus says, even when you're praying for basic things, even when you're praying for ordinary things, I want to remind you, I know when you need it, and I know how much you need, so don't stop praying those ordinary prayers because ordinary prayers can produce extraordinary results. Is anybody listening to me this morning? Now, I don't want the, not, listen, I don't want the 9 a.m. crowd to get the reputation of being the quiet bunch because I'm highly caffeinated and I've been praying all morning. So I need you to join with me this morning and, and don't make me tell people that the nine o'clock was quiet. Now this, because this is, an, this is a critical thing that the, I know it sounds simple to you. Well, of course God knows when I need it. Of course God knows how much I need it. But I wanna show you today two extraordinary stories. And when God gives us extraordinary stories, it's because he's trying to teach us extraordinary truth. And so I'm going to show you in the Bible today two extraordinary stories. One out of the book of Exodus. And when Jesus told them how to pray, give us today our daily bread, every Jewish person in the crowd would have known the story of Exodus 16. And I want to take you back to Exodus 16 and show you how this particular principle of prayer God has been yelling at us from the heavenlies for thousands of years. He wants his people to know you can pray with faith and God will answer your prayers. In Exodus 16, the people of Israel have been liberated from Egypt. But the problem is there was a stretch of desert in front of them that separated them from the promised land. Not only was there desert between them and the promised land, there were sworn enemies between them and the promised land. In fact, there was no water and no food between them and the promised land. So desert, no water, no food, and thousands, hundreds of thousands of enemies between them and the promised land. In fact, what I'm trying to say to you today, there was plenty of reasons for them to get discouraged. But God was saying to the people of Israel, I am going to take you and reshape you. See, what happened is when the people of Israel left Egypt, they were slaves. 
Now the problem with being a slave is that you had a master that you could depend upon. It, it, you had someone giving you something. And so their faith was in an evil master who was providing just enough food to keep them alive and just enough water to keep them strong enough to work on his behalf. So God was trying to reshape their imagination. God was trying to reshape their heart so that they would become a people that did not depend upon man, but they would become a people who would trust in the name of the Lord. And so, this is a fascinating story to me. God was about to do something extraordinary to show them that he knew when they needed it and how much they needed. So this is what the Lord said, Exodus 16, verse 16. This is what the Lord has commanded. Every morning when you wake up, think about the extraordinary faith and the extraordinary story you're about to hear, okay? He says, each one, when you get up in the morning, when you open your tent, there's going to be food on the ground. Basically, they were frosted flakes. This is what it says. It says it was flakes of bread that were sweet to the taste. So this was Kellogg's frosted flakes 4,000 years ago. I was raised on Fruit Loops and frosted flakes. When I was eight years old, if you cut me open, all that was spilled out would have been frosted flakes and Fruit Loops. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. And thank to God for processed flour and sugar that raised most of us. <laughs> it says each one is to gather as much as he needs. So the Lord wasn't putting limitations on them necessarily. Say, listen, whatever you think your family needs that day, whatever your body, because there were, even back then, there were big Jewish people and small Jewish people. And the big Jewish people needed more than the small Jewish people. All the big people in the room say amen. Say, I need more than you. Turn to someone small and say, I need a little bit more than you do. God understands that. Big people need a little bit more. He says, so each one is to gather as much as he needs. So take an omer. Now, an omer is like a quart jar. Think about a quart jar about this big. That's how big an omer was. So take an omer for each person you have in your tent. So all the homeschool families, they had like 12 omers. All the other families had like three omers. I'm making everybody mad today. I love it. I've been gone for a couple of weeks, so you know, I'm like... I've lost all my manners. I will get back to, I'll get back to the normal next week. <laughs> so I love this. This is, one of the, this is one of the most miraculous passages of Scripture in all the Bible. The Israelites did as they were told. I mean, that is a miracle. Because that rarely happened. Hardly ever happened. But for whatever reason, when it came to food, they became very obedient. You can tame any animal with food, right? Including the Jewish people of the day. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. But when they measured it by the omer, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered as much as he needed. Let me stop here just for a moment. Do you think... It's important to God for your needs to be met. It is. You may not believe that this morning, but I'm telling you two extravagant stories to remind you that God cares about your daily needs. God's not too busy solving world global problems to listen to your daily needs. 
He says, each one gathered as much as he needed. Then Moses said to them, this is where the faith comes in now, because it's one thing for God to provide on one day, but will God provide for weeks, months, and years? Because all of us have stories of God providing for today. But the fear comes in that the God who provided for today will not provide tomorrow. See, the enemy comes to all of us and says, yeah, 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 it, it happened good for you today, but can you trust this God that when you wake up tomorrow, the same God who provided for you yesterday and the same God who provided for you today will provide for you tomorrow. And that's when the Bible says, he who was and is and is to come. That's why that phrase is found throughout the scriptures to remind us that the God who provided yesterday, the God who provided today is the same God who will provide tomorrow. So Moses said to them, no one is, don't keep any of this. Eat what you want today. Eat it because when you get up in the morning, it's not going to be good. Don't keep it overnight because God was trying to teach them to trust him for tomorrow. However, <laughs> some of them paid no attention to Moses. Now that's more common right there. Nobody's listening to the pastor. Yes, we love you, Pastor Brady. We're not going to do anything you say. <laughs> I know that's not true. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. And they kept part of it until the morning. They were going to test God. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. The expiration date was midnight every day. Every expiration. You looked on your little omer, it says expires at midnight. And it was true. At midnight, it spoiled. At midnight, it was no good. Full of maggots began to smell. That's what you woke up to every morning. And listen, these aren't big tents. These aren't 3,000 square foot tents. You're in a tent with a bunch of smelly people and you got maggots in your omers. It's not a good morning. You're talking about, you need some coffee. And it says they began to smell. Full of maggots began to smell. So ang Moses was angry with them. Because he knew what God was trying to do. God was trying to teach them. He knows when, people. And he knows how much. He knows when you need things. He knows how much you need. I'm going to show you one more story, okay? Because I want you to catch this today. Then the next story is a fishing story. All the men in the room, I suddenly got your attention. Because the next story is a fishing story out of Matthew 17. And Peter comes to Jesus and says, listen, I think we're in trouble. Listen to this story. Matthew 17, verse 24. Jesus and his disciples arrive in Capernaum, and the collectors of the two drachma tax came to Peter and asked, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Now, Peter didn't know the answer to this. But he goes, of course he does. And then he goes to Jesus and he says, do we pay the temple tax? Because I think I just lied on your behalf. So Jesus was the first to speak. Jesus already knows what's going on. He says, what do you think, Simon? He says, from whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own sons or from others? In other words, when a nation invades you, it's not the, the invading nation that has to pay taxes. It's those who get conquered that have to pay taxes. And Jesus said, he says, from others, Peter answered, then the sons are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not offend them, 
I love this. Now think about this, what Peter is listening to. Peter says, we, you and I, I owe two drachmas. Jesus, you owe two drachmas. And even 2,000 years ago, two plus two equals four. So Jesus <laughs> says to him, go to the lake, throw out your line with your favorite bait, and take the first fish you catch and open its mouth and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Jesus was already telling them, I've come to pay my, my debt and your debt. Now, I just want to stop here just for a moment and just can we just for one minute imagine what Peter was thinking. You want me to do what? I want you to go down to the lake, throw out your line with your favorite dry fly on the end, and the first fish you catch, I want you to open its mouth in front of the people. Now, he said this in public. Can you imagine the crowd of people walking down with Peter? I've got to see this. I need to see this. Well, Peter does exactly that, catches a fish, opens its mouth, and there is a four drachma coin inside. I can imagine from that point on, that was the most popular fishing spot on the lake for at least 100 years. Can you imagine how social media would have blown up back then? Peter catches fish, pays all of his taxes. Every rich person in Israel was fishing in that location from that point on trying to pay their taxes. Now this is very important for you to catch because some of you are at a critical point right now in your life. And you're wondering how God is going to provide for you. And I want to remind you that the resources we need may be found in unusual places. It might be found in places that you're not looking right now. And I want to tell you a story because some of you have noticed some construction on our property. And there's a story behind that. Have you noticed that we're having a coffee place built right there? If you haven't noticed, that is a coffee place being built on our property. But there's a story behind it that you need to hear. A few years ago, I, I felt, I, I had just come from a meeting where I had heard of the number of homeless families still living in our county. And the cost, really the cost to take care of 800 homeless families is hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, it's just an extravagant amount of money. If we wanted to solve the homeless family problem in El Paso County, it would cost a lot of money, money that I don't have. You, I don't know if any of us have it. It's a lot of money. We might have it. Some of you might have it. If you do, you need to give it. But I'm just telling you, I don't have it. I don't have it yet. And I was, I was, I was so disturbed by the enormous needs. And listen, I live in Briargate. I didn't drive by any homeless camps this morning on the way to church. I, didn't, I, didn't, I know they're in our city, I know that. I drive by on other places, but they were on my drive between here and my house this morning, there were not any homeless camps that I saw. And I know it's easy sometimes to get into a habit of living in our very safe, sterile neighborhoods that we forget that there's hurting people in our families. But I had just come from a meeting where I'd heard the sobering stories of families in my county. And I'm in the city for the sake of our city. I mean that. So I'm driving around the parking lot because I didn't want to come in the building because once I come in the building, I get busy. And so sometimes my best prayer time is just drive around the parking lot. And I was driving around the parking lot, calling out to the Lord. 
Father, if you will give me the resources, I will do my part to help families come off the streets of my city. I will do it. I'm not going to keep it for myself. I will, I will give it back to the city. Lord, where is the money, I said, to meet the needs of the people in my city? And I'm driving around the parking lot, and the Lord says, what if I have already given it to you? I said, well, then I would, if you have already given it to me, there's two things. Show me where it is, because I can't see it. And if I find it, I will give it. That's what I said back to the Lord. And I'm, I'm, I'm in that corner. And the Lord says, when this building was built, it was built for 7,000 people in the auditorium. On a normal pre-COVID Sunday, we have about 4,000 seats in here. So we're one of the few churches in America that has more parking than we need. We're also one of the few churches in America that's sitting on one of the most expensive pieces of property in the city. Amen. And the Lord said, you don't need all this parking. This, we had to have parking for 7,000 people in the building at one time. On a Easter Sunday, we have four or 5,000 people in the building at one time. In other words, you have property that you're not using and it's expensive property. He said, so why don't you ask how you can develop the edges of your property? And I was reminded that the Jewish people were commanded that when they gleaned their fields, they were to keep the corners of their property unharvested so that the poor could benefit from the edges of their property. And so I began asking some local business people, how can we use the edges of our property to, to maximize the value of our property. And so phase one is we're opening that coffee shop and that's a land lease to our church that's going to provide money to our church to do the work of the ministry he's called us to. In a few months, you're gonna see another project on this part and in another few months, you're gonna see another project on the north part in that, that parking lot that none of you ever use is three acres. That's going to be an enormous project. All three of those projects are in play right now. We've already done the hard work. They are headed, we're, and I just want you to know about it. When you see dirt being turned, it's because the Lord has shown us that he knows how to provide for us when we are willing to look in unusual places. Let me just say it one more time because I want you to catch this. He knows when. And he knows how much. And I want to end with this next story, John chapter 6. Let me show you one more thing. Okay, John chapter 6. John chapter 6, Jesus is reminding them again of what he had already told them once before. And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. He's reminding them of the story out of Exodus 16. Jesus says, it's not, it's not Moses who's given you the bread. Listen, when the money comes to you, the first thing you need to determine in your heart is who gave it to you. And for 30 years of marriage, when, when resources come to Pam and I, the first thing we do is thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's, we realize that the source of any blessing into our life, thank you, Jesus. It's not man's systems. It's not man's economy. It's not politicians. It's not government that helps me. It is the Lord who is the source of the blessings on this church. It is the Lord who's the source of the blessings in my life. He says, I tell you the truth, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. It is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And the disciples said, well, Lord, from now on, give us this bread. And Jesus said, well, I've got good news for you. I'm about to give it to you. It's all about to be yours. He said, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Now, I want you to notice this next phrase. These next five words are the key to everything I've said today. The next five words that I read are the key to everything I have just told you. Jesus says, he who comes to me. Come on, say it out loud with me. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. You, you want to you know the, 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 the secret, the key to living a life that is fulfilling, that's full of life and joy and peace? Come to him. He's the first place I go. I'm driving around the parking lot and I said, Lord, I didn't say, God, send me rich people or God, send me some ideas. Lord, I am coming to you for the answers today. I don't know what to do. I'm coming to you. My worship is you. You are my source. And when you declare that, you're going to discover something you cannot find anywhere else. Because here's the truth. He knows when you need literal bread. So you should pray for the practical needs. But he, and he knows how much we need. He, but he also knows when we need spiritual bread. And he knows how much we need. And here's what I want you to remember from this message. We will never trust God for literal bread until we can trust him for spiritual bread. Would you stand with me this morning? Stand up with me this morning. Let's prepare our hearts to come to the table of the Lord. And I want to remind you of those five words again. He who comes to me. And that's exactly what we do. This is why at the end of every, almost every service at New Life Church, we come, we say this, we're now going to come to the table of the Lord. You've heard me say that now for eight, nine, ten years. Father in heaven, prepare our hearts to come to the table of the Lord because it requires our action. Now, we know COVID now, we're passing it out to you, and it's actually defeating some of the spiritual ideas of this, that we're handing it to you. I actually liked it when we got out of our seat and we had to physically respond, and we're going to get back to that, I promise. But right now, I don't want to be sharing bread with any of you right now, right? I love you, but I don't want to be pinching off. I don't want to put my hands in that. For, for a while, let's just keep it like it is. But in your mind today, can you get back in your mind that when you're taking that cup, that you're taking a step toward Jesus this morning? That we're coming to him this morning. Can we just close our eyes for a moment? Can we just say, I surrender all? Can you just surrender your life to him today? I just have a sense this morning that some of you have been wasting a lot of effort trying to get something that God wants to give you. Listen very carefully. That's the word of the Lord to somebody in the room, somebody watching online. Some of you have been wasting a lot of effort, your own effort, trying to obtain something, earn something, striving for something that actually God just wants to give you. He wants to bless you. And all that's required is for you to turn your life toward him right now. Come to him. The Father, I turn my heart toward you right now. I come to you. I fix my eyes 
on the author and the perfecter of my faith. Father in heaven, you are the one that I worship. You are the one that I adore. You are my source. You are the vine, I'm the branches. You are the potter, I am the clay. All of me belongs to you today. I confess my absolute need for you. There's no other person I surrender my life to today. So Father, now as I come and turn my eyes toward the bread and the cup, Lord, I confess that I've turned my eyes to other sources. I've given my affections to other gods. But now in this moment, I confess I'm coming back to you. You are what I need. You're all that I need. You're all that I want. Let's sing this song as a prayer. In just a moment, Pastor Daniel is going to come and lead us to the table of the Lord. Let's just lift up our voices. Let this song be a prayer that prepares us for the table of the Lord. This is the air I breathe. Mm. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence. Your holy presence. Living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. This is my day. Your very word. Your very word. Spoken to me. I'm desperate for you. And I.
your communion elements and be ready to receive from the Lord. Pastor Brady said, it stuck out to me that line, the point in his sermon, the resources we need are often found in unexpected places, unusual places. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord. Please, would you provide for us? Are you thinking about us? Will you take care of us? And here we are today, and our provision has come from an unusual place. Jesus takes the bread and he breaks it and he's sitting with his disciples and he says, this is my body. I am the bread of life. I'll give you everything you need and what you really need is me. <laughs> and so Jesus, here we are in your presence. We need you to feed us today. We need you to strengthen us today. We need you to make us your people today. We need you to give us the bread from heaven today. And here you are handing it across the table to us. Friends, Jesus is your supply. Jesus is what you need. On the night he's betrayed, he took the bread and broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. Saints, today you can receive the bread. On the same night, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of your sins. All your old story is being drowned away. It's being washed. It's being taken away from you. You're clean. You're forgiven. You are made new. Jesus says, every time you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. Today, friends, receive the forgiveness that Jesus has for you. You may receive the cup. Okay, so I wanna do something here. Pastor Brady talked about the homeless and the hungry and the hurting and the needy in our city. And we wanna sing this song today for them. So I want us to sing, all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great are you Lord. Can we sing this today by faith? And we're singing it for them. As our parking lot gets developed and we take those funds to give it to the needy in our city and around the world, let's sing this today. All the earth will shout your praise. Come on, church. All the earth will 
of the Lord to get Pastor Brady was on fire today hilarious today talk about being amped up on caffeine I don't know what was in that coffee but whatever it was keep it going loved it beautiful in in the house of the Lord would you open your hands I want to pray the blessing of God over you as you go send you out of here in the strength of the Lord he's given us today our daily bread and now let's go be bread for the world So I pray today, may the Lord our God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his bright smiling countenance upon you and may he grant you peace today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Hey, a couple quick announcements. Our prayer team is coming down. We would love to pray with you about any needs you may have. First Wednesday, this Wednesday, 6.30 in this room, be here, we'll worship with you. Go from here today in God's grace and peace. Much love.